I could stay for a minute in that prayer. I just, what I was seeing in worship, Lord, I thank you for the blood that poured from your crown of thorns. With every beat of your heart, it pumped blood and it poured down through your eyes, it poured over your ears, poured down your body. So Father, I pray the cleansing of every eye gate tonight in the awakening, oh God, to the place where you sit and you are seated and you rule and you reign. I pray the blood cleanses and opens up every ear gate tonight that we can hear you afresh, common passages in your word that we can read as wrote. Oh, it's just Easter time. Father, may we hear them again tonight by your spirit as if we've never heard it before. Would you awaken us with the sound of resurrection? Would you awaken every ear to hear, every eye of every heart be awakened to see and to hear the sound of your resurrection that's pulsing, hovering over the earth, calling for your people to awaken to the sound of your resurrection because you are risen. You are risen. And Father, I pray for every place of unbelief in our hearts tonight, every place that there's doubt that our lives are not fully lived as you are the risen, resurrected one. Would you capture that tonight and deposit within us afresh the truth and the reality of your resurrection. For your glory, I pray. Amen. Just give me a second and just pull out my, my notes. Put a podium over there. King's invitation. Your life for mine, he says. Meditate on this. Divine exchange. Your heart for mine. Growing up into my heart's delight and desires, sometimes less is more. Simple truths overtaking religion's complexities. 
suddenly it's all clear. I burst forth from within because I am resurrection glory. I conquered every enemy of my ways, of my truth, of my light, and of my life. There's a divine invitation for a divine exchange. Your liberty and your choice each and every day. For my way, he says, is a journey. I am the destination in Christ in you, the hope of glory. He's so amazing, this one that comes, this king that gives us this invitation. And Holy Spirit, help me to hear exactly what pieces you have for tonight. I, I could be here for hours, so it's like he really has to give me the exact pieces for you guys tonight, or I want to respect the time, and, uh, yeah, I got that, okay, thank you, Lord. One of my favorite authors is, his name is David Adam, and I'm going to read a quote. It is, sa he says this, it is for the opening of our vision that the early Celtic church suggested that we need to learn to tune and play the five-string harp of the senses because once our eyes are opened, the world is a place of wonder, a place of mystery in great depths where we meet the other who is beyond our full comprehension. Isn't that magnificent? Isn't that magnificent? And we could just camp there all night, but that's what we're going to uh, venture into tonight. And what it is is this, this place that he's inviting us, even tonight, because every moment is an invitation. It's not just a day. Every single moment as we walk through the day is an invitation if we will see it. And it's an invitation to be awake and alive and tuned into resurrection reality. Because it's all around us. If only we will see, if our eyes will see with this resurrection reality. And how we see that is what the enemy and even religion has attempted to steal from us. And that is the stillness, the art of waiting, the art of knowing what it is to be still before him. Because as we're still before him, he awakens our eyes to see. He awakens the wonders around us. And we begin to walk every single day with the most simplistic things in awe and wonder. And oh boy, does that give him glory. You want to bring joy to the Father? Walk in the simplicity of awe and wonder at the slightest thing. That moves his heart. We begin to see in this resurrection reality who we really are. Who really is inside of us. We live in it. We re live within this celebration of our lives. Of we live within the reality of the victory of the cross. It's not a teaching. It becomes a substance. It becomes part of our being. We begin to see as we meditate and wait on him, and it's not taught in a lot of pulpits anymore, the horror of the cross, the terribleness of the cross People don't want to sit and meditate on the cross. 
We, but we have to really see it fully. We have to face it fully because to become mature in him, fully mature, means we need to know the tenderness of God and the terribleness of God. He's this one that holds us with this embrace, but he's this lion that's going to come and take over. The mature one's eyes are fully open, and they're fully filled with his resurrection life. And the eyes that flash with the brilliance of the one who says, I am. Because we're focusing, fixed, gaze, and completely tuned into the realm of I am. The realm from where we came from, from his very heart, our true home. These eyes, these eyes that are filled with resurrection truth and resurrection reality, these eyes, when they look, consume death. When they look, they impart hope. When they look, they release prisoners and open wide prison cells of hearts and minds. When they look, there is a release of the thunder and the flashings and the lightnings of the realms of the victory of Jesus Christ, of his holy presence, of his holy resurrection that's crashing in and through us. There are sounds of yesterday that are echoing today and tomorrow and forever. This lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. This lion who rules and reigns. Oh, the eyes of the lamb and the eyes of the lion. The eyes of the lamb, the eyes of the lion. The eyes of mercy and the eyes of victory. The eyes of love and the eyes of eternity. The eyes of his dunamis, eternal, glorious kingdom. The eyes that release forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. His amens, his praise, his glory. These are eyes that are ablaze with the fire of his resurrection glory. Eyes that have encountered the risen resurrected one. They speak without words. They gaze into another's eyes and say, see him. He's alive and he's in me. I remember Kim Clement prophetically saying a song once. And he said, they say that God is dead. But if God is dead, then who's this beating in my heart? Who's this breathing in my soul? See, this is what he's bringing us to tonight in a deeper way. If, if we'll take it, there's an invitation tonight to really encounter as we never have before. And it's an ongoing. You see, these eyes that have met with the risen, resurrected ones, his eyes of resurrection glory, they decree with one look, you don't even need words. Be loosed. Come forth. Arise. Awaken. Be healed. Forgiven. Loved. Divinely possessed. Divinely owned. Cared for. Set free. Without one word. One gaze. When his eyes look through yours. Will be enough.
these eyes and lives that carry the eternal message, that carry a sound, that carry a song of resurrection, that carry the keys, that carry the realm of I am. He's inviting us to take a pilgrimage. And there's a stillness that he's asking. He says, will you let me work a stillness in your heart because I'm inviting you into the pilgrimage of a place in my heart. And it's going to involve the bowing of your whole entire being before the wonder of another. It's a pilgrimage into the stillness before the one who is, the one who was, and the one who ever will be. He says, be still and know that I am God. And let my resurrection and my life come into you. Wait and wait. This is the invitation. He says, who will wait with me? Who will wait? Bow before me until you hear it sound, until you feel the reverberations of my resurrection come in your heart. And it begins to transform you. It begins to bring an earthquake into everything in you that is not like me. We bow before the wonder of his glory, of his radiant light and life. We remain there until light overtakes every shadow of darkness within us, every place of shadow lands, because the truth is we're to be in fully in his kingdom of light. No place of shadow. No place of hiddenness. And he says you come again and again and again and again. Until everything within you radiates with my light. Till out of your eyes radiates the light out of your ears, out of your hands, out of your feet, out of your heart, out of your mouth, out of your being radiates light, 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 light. Because when he said, I am the resurrection, and the life that is still hovering through time and space. And when we posture ourselves and we just meditate on that passage, it'll come. It'll come because in the timelessness of God, he comes again. It comes into a room. It comes where you're seated. It comes into a gathering like this, and it begins to overtake. I saw when we were in worship, he was coming into our minds and he was flipping over tables. He was just flipping them over and filling them with light. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful because it was the overwhelming love of God that just came in here. I come and I'm going to do what you couldn't do for yourself because in this posture where you're wide open, here I come. 
So it echoes through time and space, and it touches whatever gives way to it. Because this I am, the resurrection, and the life is teeming and vibrating with life and light. This is what he says must become the center of our beings. This is what he's after. This is what will give the lamb the reward of his sacrifice. Living resurrected lives. No shadow lands. No places of captivity in our hearts or in our minds or in our souls. No dead tomb mindsets. No grave clothes. No clothes of shame. Totally alive. All is light. All is freedom. It's this enlarged territory for our souls and our spirits. He says, how I long to clothe my children in holy light. But I'll tell you what. That comes from being with him. He alone does this. He alone clothes us with light, the one who is light. Oh, how he longs to wash us again and again and again in his water and his blood. He says, will you wait? Will you wait under my pierced side? There was a time I had an encounter. I don't often share this, and I just had his permission because there are some things that are sacred and they're private. Once in a while, he lets me share this. And I had had an encounter standing under his pierced side. That's all I'm going to say about that. But a friend of mine called, and she was in horrendous pain. She was ministering someplace, and she was groaning on her bed in agonizing pain, and I knew it was serious. I knew the condition that she had. And the Lord said, that encounter you had, that's for her, and that's for now. Go ahead, test it. Test it out. So I said to her, I said, my friend, I want you to picture this because the Lord's in the room with me right now. Picture the cross. Now stand under his pierced side. Close your eyes and just release everything he wants to release with the church. When we hide behind the cross and he gets the glory and everything he does, we hide again 
holy, 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 glory, glory, glory. As we wait in this place of stillness, meditating on his resurrection and his cross, cries begin to come from within. Our eyes are opened wider and wider, and we see this risen one. We begin to believe it anew. We begin to sing it anew. Songs we have sung again and again suddenly have this weight and this substance. We teach it anew. We share it anew. We read it anew. Oh, my gosh. It begins to blaze off the page of the Bible. Oh, my gosh. How he longs for us to live it fully. Heaven is waiting for us too. Heaven is waiting for us as his people to live from the reality of death has lost its sting. Grave, where is your victory? The reality of that. I believe, as Bob Jones said, at this hour we're now in, he's going to release revelations and secrets and mysteries of the cross and the power of the resurrection. But it's not going to be a build, a ministry, or a name. It's going to be about one name and one king and one kingdom. The ultimate fear of death as we know, has been defeated. If we truly are resurrected beings now, which we are, we became born again. We're no longer of this realm. We're of another realm in another world from another culture, from a whole other land. This is not our home. We're only here on assignment. We know that. They preach that. <laughs> then we are eternal ones now. And see, this reality swallows up every fear. It swallows up every place of worry, every place of anxiety. It swallows up every doubt. It swallows up every defeat. We are absolutely confident. We are absolutely convinced. We become absolutely unshakable. We actually become unstoppable. Because what happens is these very keys, the keys, of course, these aren't the keys, but the keys, the keys that he rose with that conquered death, hell, and the grave, he holds the keys, and he's given us the keys, and literally what happens, people, is those keys have a sound, that sound of victory, that sound of dunamis, resurrection, glory, and victory, and when we walk when we come into the place, this, this is truth in us, that we own this. This is what it sounds like when we walk. And the enemy is petrified of that sound. He's petrified of the sound of the keys of the kingdom of a people who truly know who is in them, the one that holds these keys. That is when and how we become unstoppable. 
in stillness before the one who could not be stopped. Who could stop him from stepping out of heaven into Mary's womb? Who could stop him? Who could have stopped him from going to Gethsemane? Once he said, not my will, but yours be done, he became unstoppable. <laughs> when we get that, and that's truly aligned in our heart, and there is no doubt about who and who is in us and what he has said to us, and we surrender, not my will, but yours be done, nothing will stop you. Nothing. Receive that. That's going into you right now. Take it. Who could have stopped him from going to the cross? He laid his life down. He would have still been hanging there had he not. He gave up, Father, into your hands. I commit my spirit. He didn't die like we die. He gave it up. That's completely different. Who can stop his return? Who can stop us from living in the fullness of resurrection reality? Us. That's it. No one else can stop you. The devil can't stop you. He doesn't have enough power. It's only what we give him. We must become unstoppable ones. It can't be one step forward, two steps back, one step this way. I don't know. Did I hear him? Maybe. I don't know. Did I? I don't know. Oh, 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 oh. 50,000, we need 50,000 confirmations, we have to have 40,000 words, we have, you know, journals this high covered with dust, but we have them. <laughs> I'm not being critical, I'm just being honest. And so he's saying, there's, a, there's actually an easier way, and there's a higher way, and there's a highway, and it's called holiness. But that's a whole nother message. <laughs> so this resurrected king is calling for our attention. And he's wooing our hearts. And he's saying, look again. Look again. Really look. Look purposefully. Look intentionally. Focused. He says, focus deeper with the eyes of your heart. He says, see me in my resurrected glory. See. 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 
he rolled away the stone with a command. Moms, you hold on for a second. He rolled away the stone with a command. And the people responded, obeys. And he's speaking to stones tonight that hold any place captive within our hearts. He's speaking to us and he's saying, roll away those stones. And he's calling to the dead places in our hearts and he's saying, come forth. Come forth and live. Let me tonight remove the grave clothes of circumstances. Remove the grave clothes of those disappointments. Remove the place of loss, of failure, broken dreams. Those places in your heart that have been broken and you haven't known what to do or how to get to it. So a stone was rolled across it. Maybe not every chamber of your heart, but there's chambers that we can lock off. We roll a stone and say, I'm not going to look there. But what we don't understand is that place is affecting our eternal view. It affects our mindsets. Traumas that are lodged in place. And we see from a skewed place. And he says, come and sit in my resurrection light. Gaze upon me. He says, and let my gaze penetrate every cell of your DNA. Our spiritual DNA. Our natural DNA. There is a place of transformation. There is a place of holy light, this radiating power of resurrection that he wants to fill us and overtake us again and again and again. He wants to seal those places in our hearts once and for all. And then he says, and never return. It's this place where he wants to clothe us as we wait with him with this illuminating light, filling us with this love and letting this resurrection life empower us. I love when there's an opportunity for some to lay hands on me. But I'll tell you what, there is nothing like when the resurrected hands hover with me when we wait. Habakkuk 3, it's Bob Jones, who teaches at Morningstar, the laser-like beams that come out of his nail-pierced hands. The truth that he wants us to get is that's to be and we understand who's in us. His hands are our hands. And his laser resurrection light power comes out of our hands. We're no longer worrying 
oh, do I have the gift of healing? You've got the eternal resurrected life. He is healing. Promises eye to eye with Jesus. The resurrection power of Jesus' eyes, eternal glory, illuminating light, penetrated Thomas's heart and soul and spirit. It swallowed up every doubt of Jesus' resurrection. One look, one deep look into the eyes of the lion and the lamb canceled out every fear, every piece of questioning. It erased, it eradicated it. Love's power overtook and conquered any place within Thomas's heart that still questioned, is he really the one? Is he really the promise? And his response overflowed from his very being, my Lord and my God. A decree from encountering the one who is risen and alive as he really is. Who he really is, it was settled with one gaze and one look. An invitation to put your finger, Thomas, place your hand. The one who gazed gave the invitation. Touch me, touch resurrection reality. Thomas only needed the gaze and the look. It does not say if he ever touched Jesus' wounds. Eyes of love releasing waves of holy divine acceptance flow from the eternal realm of victory. Death, hell, and the grave conquered. Flashes of lightning. Love's demonstrated authority in his eyes. Nothing was left of Satan's hold. The dark realm conquered. It surges into Thomas and causes an eruption. Spirit to spirit, eye to eye eternal fruit. An encounter. An eye gaze, eye to eye, with the lion who's the lamb. Let me skip ahead of all of this. We all know the story of Jairus who came and fell at Jesus' feet, was asking for his daughter. I just left out about six pages of notes, but that's okay because we're just going to get to this one point. Jesus went to his house and, why is all this weeping? What is all this commotion? The child's not dead. We know the story. She's asleep. And what he did is he began to release the sound of hope. He began to release the sound of life. He began to release uh, uh, his next decree. His decree, he was preparing. His decree was already swallowing up death. It was breaking its hold. It was already beginning to demand her release. Because what he walked into, he walked into sound. Where I'm going right now is sounds. 
Because there are sounds that we release when we speak words of doubt, when we speak places of unbelief. We begin to release an atmosphere around our lives and the lives of others. We can change the whole atmosphere of a room with the sounds that we release. So he walked into this atmosphere filled with the sounds of doubt, unbelief, arrogance, pride, religion, laughter, mockery of Jesus. She's a dead. What is he talking about? But he was not going to allow this atmosphere to be established. No way. He told them all, you can all go outside. And he, and interesting, who did he bring in with him? The three who he brought up the Mount of Transfiguration. That's a whole nother message. But what he did was he kicked doubt out. He kicked mockery out. He kicked religion out. And we must do the same in our own lives. Get out. Doubt, mockery, religion. We need to change the atmosphere. And he changed the atmosphere and pre he prepared it for a resurrection moment. He held her hand. He said, little girl, get up. But you know, we have to hear the sound. This isn't just like this, okay, little girl, get up. Come on, we've got to get in this room. When he said, little girl, get up, what happened is the sound of resurrection, the sound of the realm. He was reaching through time and space. He was reaching into the realm that he came from. He was contacting the father, and he was bringing the full power shoot, right into her. The kingdom of God within and around him, father, son, and spirit. He didn't beg. He didn't plea. He spoke a command. And everything had to give way. Death was overtaken by the sound of resurrection that he released in that room. It didn't stand a chance. It's the atmosphere and it's the reality and this substance that he's asking us to live and walk in. I am the resurrection and the life. That is who is in us. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. That is who is in us. Resurrection spoke that day and declared who he was, who he is, who he ever will, always will be. So, you know, this resurrection always demands a response. Always. I mean, he goes by the, the um, there's a, a funeral procession, and he speaks to the, to the, um, the young son, the, the, the boy that was dead, to, you know, to come up, to come alive. And what happens is it says a tremendous sense of holy mystery swept over the crowd as they witnessed this miracle of resurrection. And they shouted praises to God because God had visited and blessed his people. A resurrection atmosphere demands a response. There is no way when he comes in with his resurrection power and glory and presence that you can't respond. You're either going to fall as a dead man like John did, do you follow what I'm saying, and go, oh my gosh, he's just come in the room, this magnificent one that's light and glory and power in his eye, oh my gosh, or you're going to be, something is going to happen, you're not going to be able to just be like wherever, just any old day. So let's start to... This is a very familiar story. We all know Lazarus. We know the story of Lazarus, but we're gonna, I'm going to talk about it anyways. How many times you've heard about it? The posture of Martha. If you had been here, what's that the sound of? Oh, we've, how many times have we said this? If only. 
And what is that? It's the sound of disappointment. There's another sound. That's not the sound of resurrection. If only there's a sound of disappointment. And that sound of disappointment with God <laughs> impacts the atmosphere of our hearts. And sometimes we don't even want to admit it. The places we thought he was going to heal. We thought that job was going to come through. We thought that was our mate. We thought that was where we were going to do it. We thought, we thought, we thought. And we have disappointments. When we were disappointed with God, it affects our hearts. And what happens, you know what it does? Here's the fruit of that if we don't deal with it. It renders the possible impossible. It literally negates it with unbelief and human reasoning. That's what begins to happen. And so he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this, Martha? And what the Lord really spoke to me, and I know I'm not the only one he's spoken it to, it's the question that heaven is asking the church today. Do you really believe it? That I am the resurrection and the life. Will we release its sound and its reality, but we must believe. Not now, not then, but now. Not over there, but here. In me, in you. I can't do a thing about out there. I can only do here in me. So what happens is, now look at Mary. Mary's posture was different. She fell at his feet. These feet that were soon to be pierced. Hmm. And says, if only you had been here. The same words. But she was weeping in a posture of humility and petitioning and a worshipful heart. And she released a sound of sadness. And she released a sound of tears and sorrow. But she wasn't disappointed. It was different. Now hear what that did. That sound moved his heart. It says it moved him with indignation. And it goes on to say that Jesus was deeply troubled. Mary moved his heart because this was woman who sat at his feet again and again and again and again. That sound of humility, that sound of adoration, that sound of surrender, that sound of wonder. She would sit at his feet and wonder. And here she is at his feet again. And what does it do? It brings forth heaven's response. We're spending an awful lot of energy looking for man's response and man's favor. Who, who gaze in wonder and bring heaven's response? It's a powerful response because this is what happens. Where have you 
put him there. It wasn't, did he put him? It wasn't a question. He knew where he was. This is purposeful. There was a whole dialogue going on here. Where have you put him? It wasn't a fearful, pleading question. It was a command. Hear the sound of his authority in his voice. Lord, come and see. And so there is this sound of doubt and unbelief. There's religious opinions swirling from the crowd. He healed the blind man. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? Jesus right now smiles on unbelief and I just speak a holy protection over you. That any words that have or would be spoken by anybody anywhere would say, you healed this one, why not this one? You did this, why not that? I break that away from your life that you would always just listen to the voice of the Father and walk with that open channel of resurrection power in his life. I just thought to do that, to put that around you, the holy God and the holy protection because of what you guys are walking in, but the amazing, amazing journey ahead. So... Let me get back to where I was. Unbelief, religious opinions. Always the enemy is trying to impact the atmosphere around our lives or in a gathering like this or wherever with negativity, with cynicism, and with doubt. Oh, it can come in a moment. You'll be sitting there, you'll be fine, and all of a sudden you'll be crossing your arms. Who do they think they are? Whoa, let's just, you know, none of us are beyond that. It's happened to me. I'm sure if I asked for a show of rooms, hands in this room, if we were really honest, because the enemy's always looking for a landing strip. Anyway, so I don't want to go there. But again, Jesus. So Jesus is deeply troubled. He's deeply troubled. He's moved with indignation, and it says he groaned. Do you know what that word groaned means right there? This is amazing. Ray Hughes taught me this. That word means it's the snort of the war horse. It was literally <laughs> This was serious. This is the one who's returning with eyes of fire. He's snorting like a war horse, like a pawing of the earth, swallowing up every place of unbelief and doubt and cynicism. I'm telling you, what a moment. He's now at the grave, the cave with the stone across the entrance, and he commands the command of heaven, roll the stone aside. I mean, I, I, I'll... Oh. I can't even imagine the reverberations that came forth as he groaned and snorted that out like this war horse. Hell would try to stop its release 
from Martha's reasoning. Hear what Martha says. Lord, the smell will be terrible, dead four days. No belief at all. Concerned with the stench, not about what could possibly happen to her brother. Oh, we, we can't go that way. That's like a two-hour drive. That's far too long. Well, maybe you'll get ra healed and raised from, you know, what? No, but don't get me going. Anyways, didn't I tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe, Martha? Didn't I tell you you'll see God's glory if you believe? Because here is the sound of the eternal promise of resurrection glory. Here it is now. Martha, if you only believe. Come on. He's standing there snorting like, groaning like a war horse. But is it not true, Miles? He can be moving in a room. People falling like dominoes. People jumping out of wheelchairs. And a spirit of cynicism can be on us in a moment. God have mercy. Or unbelief and doubt. Well, I've been prayed for 25 times and nothing happened. Well, maybe it's the 26th time. Let me tell you, I've been believing for a healing for something for I can't tell you how many years and something else for I can't tell you for how many years. But I'll tell you what, because the Lord has said, believe, Donna, believe I am not giving up. And that's not a boast in my faith. It's my confidence in the risen, resurrected one. Where else are we going to go? And what's getting ready to hit this earth? Not going to go there. We need to know the resurrection power and glory. Our confidence can't be. There won't be enough room in hospitals, people. And I'm not saying this for fear. I'm saying we need to be the ones that are rushing out into the harvest, out into the insanity of what may ever come with this resurrection power and glory and say, be healed, be raised, be healed, be delivered. You're free now. Get up and run with me because there's more. So hear the sound of the stone being rolled away. Father, let us hear the sound of the stone being rolled away today, even today and from our hearts, from those places of captivity. Heaven's authority of the realm of I am came in and overtook, it overtakes, it overruled death and darkness in the grave. Oh, hear the sound of thanksgiving as he says, Father, thank you for hearing me. Father, thank you for healing me. So they will believe that you sent me. Hmm. And he shouts, Lazarus, come out. This isn't Lazarus. If you think about it and you want to, do you want to come out? We can go to Starbucks and have a cup of coffee. No, this was, Lazarus, come out. I mean, oh, my gosh. The lamb slain before the foundations of the world is releasing this command to come forth. What could have stopped his words in those moments? Nothing. Nothing. Satan could have stood there with his one-third of the angels and his demons. They could have all stood there lined up. And I'll tell you what, not one thing could have stopped. Lazarus, come forth. And when he speaks that to us, whatever it is, whatever that hindrance, whatever that sickness, whatever that unbelief, whatever that paradigm shift in our mind that has to change, whatever that if only is, when we get hit with that, I'll tell you what, 
again and again. When he does it with his resurrection power, it is done. That's it. That's why I got the shirt on. Exactly. Thank you. Is this okay? I'm almost done. It's hot. Anyways, I'm glad I wore short sleeves. So kingdom authority is now coming upon Lazarus and in a moment, not in a week, not a month, in a moment he arises. His body responds to the resounding sound. Shh. Can you see it? Can you see it? Lazarus, come forth. It's a shh. It's the swirling of the sound of resurrection. Heaven and earth have kissed. And there's this sound. It's like a boomerang. Shh. And it hits him. Boom. And it begins to be explosive. And it begins to take over everything. The reverberations of his holy dunamis life loose the chains of death. And don't, may I, no, demand its release. There is no choice. There is no battle. Demand its release. It must give way. There was no argument. Death gave way to the sound of resurrection's relief. And it does in our lives tonight. Death gives way to the sound of resurrection's release. And he says, unwrap him and let him go. And I'll tell you what, here's the most amazing part, is not one bit of death's garments could remain. Not one bit of the bomb that they embalmed him with. He came out with not even the scent of death. There wasn't one stench of death. Not one smell of that tomb was left on him. He came out with the smell and the sound of the resurrection power of glory of Jesus Christ around him. And so it should be for us. No smell or fragrance of this world. No smell of any tomb place in our lives or our hearts or our minds. No place of looking, oh, if only this had happened and groaning and wondering about our past. Forget your past. Whatever he needs to heal, let him heal it and face forward. If you failed, so what up? Get up and go again. Rick Joyner taught me Many years ago, when you fail, fail forward and get up and keep going. Fail forward, get up and keep going. Learn from your mistakes. Fail, fail, get up, keep going. Learn. That's how you keep going. You're unstoppable. The sound of resurrection, the fragrance of resurrection, clothed in resurrection's glory. We all have within us the snort of the war horse. I love it. I love it. And we all have within us the breath of life. The breath of life. The breath of resurrection life. This is a God who loves us fully and is jealous. The costly payment revealed our worth and value. Identity crisis, value, what am I worth? You're not going to find it in what you do, ever. Never. You can speak before tens of thousands, you can write 40 books, you can be on Elijah list every week with the prophecies of the week. 
And, and thank God for all of it. I'm for all of it. This is not a, 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 like a negative statement. But I'm telling you, we find our value and our worth when we meditate on the cross. Every drop of his blood poured out. Oh, my gosh. Lord, put it in us again. Let us see it afresh. Reveal our value and our worth tonight. Kingdoms collide and heaven wins. You're called out of darkness and into the glorious light and the liberty of his resurrection. Father, may we hear it sound tonight afresh. May we feel its wind afresh. May we dance its dance afresh. I'm going to end with one, well, two things. One last passage and then a reading. I love something that John G. Lake wrote. And it was about the resurrection. And he said, the resurrection released a new vocabulary. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He said, Christianity is 100% supernatural. God possessing man. A new vocabulary. This is ours. All power as he said, has been given unto me in heaven and earth, and he gave that to us. That's our vocabulary. Not I can't, I don't know, it's too whatever. So let's look at it, what it looks like. This is my last example. Again, we all know this. It's one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. And it's Acts 3, John and Peter and the lame beggar. So they're at the, at the gate, beautiful, we know it. And John is looking straight into this beggar's eyes. And he says to him, look at us. I don't have money. <laughs> I don't have silver. I don't have gold. But I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Stand up and walk. And what he's doing is he's using this new vocabulary. He's using the new vocabulary. The vocabulary that Peter had before this resurrection breath was blown on him. <laughs> no longer existed. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. What he's saying is, look in my eyes. See who's inside me. So he looks in his eyes. He commands him to stand up and walk. It's the vocabulary of the resurrection reality. It's the sound of resurrection authority and victory over death, hell, and the grave. He held out his hand. He pulls the man to his feet, and suddenly 
the power of the resurrection surges into his crippled feet and his crippled ankles. And it says he goes into the temple praising and the people hear the sound. What do they hear? The sound of resurrection's power. That's what they're hearing, the sound of. He goes in leaping and praising because the vocabulary of resurrection has been released because the power of the resurrected one that is within Peter and John has been released through their eyes, through their voice, through the command. They released a sound. They released the power through the eye gate, through the hands, through the laser-like hands of power and glory. What do you think that was? Boom! That wasn't a man's hand. That was the king of kings' hands. Healing, thankfulness, victorious songs, dancing feet. Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says this. We are a colony of heaven on earth. As we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our humble bodies and transfigure us into the identical likeness of his glorified body. And using his matchless power, he continually subdues everything to himself. Now, there's a passage worth meditating on. Transformation, transfiguration, that's a whole nother message. Before I read what I um, want to, I believe that God wants to release and then it's part of communion. I want to close out the teaching with a passage. And it's Paul's passion. And it's Philippians 9, 3, 9 on. And I'm picking particular phrases. It's phrases, passages from 9 through 21 from the Passion Translation. He said, my passion is to be consumed with him, not clinging to my own righteousness based on the faith of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness of God by his faith. I will fully experience oneness with Jesus and the explosive power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his sufferings. I will be one with him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. I run with passion into his abundance so that I will reach de destiny that Jesus called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. But one compelling focus. Forget all of the past. Fasten your heart to the future and run straight into the divine invitation. Reaching your heavenly goal Gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Let all the fully mature have this same passion. Let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path with one passion.
So before we take communion and I had said to Miles that um, it was a very specific, this whole night has been an, an invitation for all of us, including me. When I'm up here, I'm preaching to myself. So, This whole place of being unstoppable. We become unstoppable through everything that I've been talking about tonight, the reality of this resurrection. Really, a habitation of that. Not here, but the substance of it being in us. Where you can feel it pulsating in you. Maybe not every moment, but you know it. You know it's in you. You can feel it. You can feel it coming out of you. So when I waited with him, he gave me this writing. He gave me this, when I waited with him on, on the unstoppable ones, he gave this to me a while ago. Um, but he told me it was for tonight. So if it's okay, I'll, I'll read this. Because this is your, our invitation tonight that the Lord has sent me with. And I had something that we're going to have tonight at communion. It's called Unstoppable Ones. We are unstoppable because we have encountered the Lion of Judah, stood before his marvelous, majestic, mighty love, looked into his eyes, fully focused, fully engaged, awestruck wonder. And there in that moment, he opens wide his royal mouth and roars. The fiery love shoots forth and melts every icy place of our hearts. It fills every timid place with courageous love, a love that transforms us into unstoppable ones. Hear the sound of eternal love's roar purging through our spiritual veins, our DNA and our being. Love like red hot lava overtaking every cell. We don't just love, we become love. We are love because he is love. His DNA becomes ours in a holy visitation of his holy roar of holy resurrection love. Love sent him for love. He laid down his life. Love took the keys of death, hell, and the grave and displays them in great victory and triumph. Hear the sound of eternal victorious keys of liberty and freedom over you. They sound like love, breaking open every place of our heart, every place of our past, inviting us to enter into future and a hope, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Eternity is now at hand. Eternity's door is before you. Living here and yet there unstoppable. We see, we hear, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt heaven's call upon our life to be love. 
seek to live from another realm, the realm of heaven, ruled by, for God so loved the world. Not someday or one day, but today. Today is eternity, now and forevermore. Eternity, eternal love wrapped around us, in us. He clothes us in the colors and the sounds of his holy creation, all revealing his love. Wrapped in a cloak of the stars of heaven, he says, shine like stars as, I hold, as you hold out the word of life. Illuminate the darkness with holy decrees of love, like a tsunami, lightning bolts and thunder in the midst of the morning twilight in the midnight hour. He says, release, 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 light in love, light in love, unstoppable, be unstoppable, release, light in love. Because love will not relent. Heaven's mission and mandate will march forward. You will dance the dominion decrees from heaven's throne. Love won, love wins, and love rules. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Reign in love. Worship the one who is love. Priests and kings of another realm. Our true home, bring its truth, bring forth its reality. Here, now, today, he says no more delay. No more hesitation. Flowing in, flowing to, and flowing from his heart to ours to overtake us. Holy, holy, holy. And knees bow in awe and wonder at the ancient of days. Oh, lying, roaring, oh, lion roaring over every tongue, tribe, and nation. Hear his roar. Hear his commission. Hear his assignment, ambassadors of love. A life waiting, lived from holy encounters with the messengers of heaven, eternal ones on assignment, Ambassadors of love, step into his gaze tonight. It is the place of illuminating light and fire. His gaze is an open portal of holy revelation. And here is the door to his heart. He says, who will go in tonight? and invite that one in. Who 
who will step into his gaze and into his roar. The eternal roar that roars, you are mine. And to finally rest in his divine embrace of love. From that place, you become unstoppable.